This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. All week long, in and Gordon. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. We're on Instagram, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. You know the vibes. Call us up, 800-919-3776. And look at that, the Yankees get a, a much-needed victory against the Tigers. They've won one series since the start of July. Now, you don't love the 16 strikeouts tonight. I guess that's a little bit of progress. We'll hear from Aaron Boone tell you just how good the uh, at-bat quality was and the care factor. But at some point in this game, through three innings, they were on pace for 27 strikeouts, which is amazing. But they do get the win tonight, 4-1, to the final score. I I bet you Brian Cashman is now salivating over the thought of giving Luis Severino a six-year, $162 million extension because he's just been on fire in his last two starts trying to convince the Yankees to bring him back. Uh, But they do get a win tonight. They play the first of four, so if they can find a way to get two of the next three, it'll be just their second series win since July, which is just unbelievable that the Yankees team that started the year with aspirations of winning a championship are now five games under five hundred. They are at dead last place, and we are talking about them going two months winning just one series. Amazing. Amazing. But we'll get into that later on. I also got to talk some basketball. That Giannis article, I think, is exposing some of the hypocrisy in the media. But we'll pay attention to that story. Because anytime there is a superstar who becomes disgruntled in their current situation, you know, we got to look at the Knicks as a potential destination. And in years past, that could have been a pipe dream. But they're lining themselves up to be a marquee destination just based on what they've been able to accomplish in the Leon Rose era. So we'll get into that as well as we progress through the show. But let's start with football. I mean, this is the most excited we've been for both of these teams collectively in quite some time. The last time they both made the playoffs, 2006. you got to go back a long way. 17 years since the Jets and Giants both made the playoffs. They were Uh, both one and done in that season. But you look at what's happening now after a disaster of a baseball season, watching what both the the Mets and the Yankees did. We need this. We we need this. So inject this into our veins. And I'm wondering what is going to happen if both of our local teams follow suit and pull the Yankees and Mets and start the year with all these high hopes and expectations and, you know, greener pastures on the horizon only to flop. But that's the nightmare that we cannot, we cannot afford to have. Let's start with the Giants. I was listening to my guy Rosenberg hold down the K show last week and ended the show, you know, picking the Giants to finish in last place in the NFC East. Is that a hot take? Is that, you know, the Washington commander colored glasses he's viewing this division through? You think the Giants are going to finish in last place? How about this? I think there's a better chance they win the division than they finish in last place. You you mean to tell me they're not better than Washington? If Look, I know there are a lot of people out there who are allowing themselves to become resigned to the idea that they may take a step back and, you know, got to wait to see how it plays out. If the Giants finish in last place, that is a disaster. After paying your quarterback $40 million a year 
the ensuing season, you finish in last place, what a what a nightmare that would be. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm actually higher on the Giants than I think most people talking about them in the media are. Because I feel like for the first time in a minute, you do have legitimate talent on this roster, which is why Joe Shane deserves a ton of adulation. I mean, look, the situation he came into, yes, there were some players here, right? Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley. Like, you did have some pieces here. Daniel Jones, who we learned last year, is a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. But uh, with all the money they spent and high draft capital, to have the amount of glaring holes just speaks to what an abomination Dave Gettleman was. So you give Shane credit for getting this team navigated through a rebuild in the midst of winning games, and then you stumble upon, hey, we got ourselves a legitimate quarterback, or at least we think so. So he deserves credit for that. And then with all these prognostications— and I keep reading articles about, you know, DVOA and EPA and how the Giants were so fortunate to win all of those one-score games last year. One thing not being ca- accounted for with all these simulations and the analysis of the Giants and why they're expected to take a, ba- a step back is their head coach. Have we forgotten how good he is? And I get it's only one season, but there is a reason he was the coach of the year. Because he was able to take C-level talent across the board and raise them to a B plus. Everyone talks about they were a six or seven win team, where at the end of the year they were 10, seven and one. They got to the playoffs on a road playoff game. That's on the coach. So shouldn't we expect him to even with a more difficult schedule, take an enhanced roster? and elevate them further than what we're expecting them to do beyond all the numbers that, you know, suggest they were really fortunate last year? I get it. It's a tough division. But come on now. This idea that you should just sign up for four losses to the Cowboys and Eagles, I'm not buying into that. Here's the reality. The clock has begun on Daniel Jones. And he was really good last year. wasn't fantastic. wasn't tremendous. But given all of the circumstances, the regime not being tied to him, they didn't draft him. This was a year-long evaluation of this quarterback. Didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You are playing for your job. And he delivered. But what was the career year last season? It's not going to be good enough this year. That same production won't cut it. So what is a realistic enough expectation for him as that next jump? He's facing a lot of pressure, but he has the same coaching staff now. So there's some chemistry, there's some camaraderie, and the weapons are a lot better. If the Giants miss the postseason, that's a disappointment. And if they do so, and it's directly linked to Jones struggling, oh, you're in a a world of trouble. Because I understand the thought process of they've given themselves an out. They're not locked in long term to him. But ask a Jet fan how difficult it is to find a new quarterback. So you're banking on him, obviously, to not just do what he did last year, but to take it to another level. 
There's still a next climb for him, a next uh, a next jump. And at some point, that will warrant us having more, you know, hopes and higher higher hopes of this team actually going on a deep playoff run. Because you know, because for some reason, that's not what what people are looking at this year. But for everyone t- picking them to take a step back I, again, I go back to: Have you forgotten how good Dable was last year? He's not taking a step back. He's only getting better. He's more comfortable. He's retained his coordinators. This guy took that roster last year and got them to a place no one would have imagined. And yes, the last taste in your mouth was getting dusted by the Eagles. But second year in this system with the new quarterback, you got Saquon. And remember, we thought that was going to be a distraction. He's returned on an ideal contract for the Giants. You expect him to get worse? I don't think so. Injury history? Sure. If he's healthy, he's going to be fantastic. Offensive line improved. Defense improved. This team just getting all types of disrespect. And I could imagine if you are in that giant locker room, if you are one of the coaches, you're not going to voice it out loud. But you have to feel, wait a minute, we made the playoffs last year, but the team getting all the headlines are the Jets, and they haven't been there since 2010? How the hell does that happen? Why are we not getting talked about? Why are we flying under the radar? And again, I think Dable loves it this way. You look at where he comes from. Look at you know who he's learned under. They don't want all the big headlines. They don't want all the attention. They're like, okay, watch this. Step back, you say, because the schedule's tougher? Okay. Okay. We'll see. But again, I think it's more likely the Giants win this division than, you know, they finish in last place and miss the playoffs completely. You could say that's a hot take. I don't think they're going to win the division. I still think Dallas and Philly are better, but I just don't see them finishing in last place and missing the playoffs. I don't see that happening. What do you think? 800-919-3776. We'll get to the Jets as well. There is a lot of talk going around about, you know, did we actually overrate their defense? <laughs> oh, man. Got to get into that. Ty Butler going until midnight. 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler is where you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Ring them up. Let's go. Let's get it popping right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Quickly, before we get to the phone calls at 800-919-3776, Luis Severino on his last two starts. Six and two-third innings pitch, one hit. That was against the Nationals. Tonight against the Tigers, seven innings, five hits, no runs. And I, I see it happening. So I joked last segment that Cashman is going to run and give him a, a lucrative extension, as if that worked the first time. What I can absolutely see happening is him going to another team. The injuries are behind him, and now he's a star. We'll see him two years from now starting in the All-Star game. That's absolutely going to happen, as we did with Nathan Navaldi, with Sonny Gray. That That is what this is lining up to be. And look, if you're a Yankee fan, what can you do? It just didn't work out here. He has all the talent in the world. Like, we saw it. When he was at his peak back in 17, 18, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. But then it just fell apart for him. 
but I can absolutely see him going somewhere else and, and finding that success. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Anderson, who's in Queens. What's up, Anderson? Hey, what's up, Tom? What it do, baby? What's going on, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How's it going? What's going on? Talk to me. Yeah, man. Listen, I know we, uh, I'm with the Giants. I know we're optimistic, but that's a tough schedule, man. I'm looking at it. I said, man. No, it is. It's a tough schedule, but you're a better team. And we and it's also, you know, we have to do it. But it is silly to do the win-loss, win-loss, win thing just because we don't know what these teams are. Like that first game against Dallas, yes, of course it's tough. It's a divisional opponent. But at some point you got to beat them. Is- yeah, well, you got a- well before. Up. Yeah, before you get there, though, you've got Arizona who's tanking. Then you go to San yeah, Francisco. No, that's what I said. Like, it looked like the first six games. It might go like a little five hundred. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere it might be four and two, or it could be, you know what I mean, two and four. Yeah, so, but you'll you know take I mean? that. You'll take that. It'll take five hundred in, in a heartbeat. And he's got. So here's oh, the yeah. schedule, Anderson. Real quick, it's just for the audience. Uh, at home against Dallas, then you go to Arizona, then San Francisco before returning home to play Seattle. Then you go at Miami, at Buffalo. Yes, it's tough. It is. Yes. And three of the first four games are, you know, standalone primetime games. So, so we're going to see a mm-hmm. lot about Daniel Jones and uh, now that he's been paid. But you're a better team, man. You're a better team. I should expect you to at least be competitive and give yourself a chance I, to win these yeah, games. Absolutely. I think they, they'll definitely be competitive. But it's a tough schedule, like you said. You know what I mean? Like as far as we'll definitely be happy with five hundred. You know what I mean? We go four and two. That's a bonus. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you never know. But you never know with these games. Some something could break this way. Something could break this way. But I wanted to ask you: Did you catch the new? Uh, did you catch the new uh, undisputed? Uh, I did see clips of it today, and I saw Skip sitting there for like ten straight minutes so I, as all of his you know, co-hosts were talking. Yo, why did he do that? <laughs> yo, they, they got a still image of him just sitting there, like, man, what the hell did I get myself into? I should have, I should have never done Shannon Sharp that dirty, man. I, I had you know it good with saying? my ex. I'm in a new relationship that now. Thought things were gonna be all good, and I'm sitting here on the back burner playing moderator. Looking crazy. He don't even get along with Richard Sherman. Low, oh my God, it's a mess. I don't know. It looked crazy. It looked crazy at first, man. Ty, you, we need to get you on TV, man. You need your own show, man. Let's 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 make that happen. Yo, from your lips to God's ears. You hear that, Winthrop? You hear that, Mr. Justin Craig? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. I'm all for it. By the way, uh, Sunday, so September 10th, I will be doing a show with the great Super Bowl champion two times over, uh, Brandon Jacobs, will be 11-2. to two. You know, the Jets uh, typically get the 1 o'clock games. But with Rodgers here now, seventh best odds to, to win the Super Bowl, they're going to get a, not, a, a lot of nationally televised games, which means we'll have to be fill, uh, be filling some time slots. I'll be doing 11-2 with Brandon Jacobs. I'm excited about that, get to kick off week one of this season. That should just be tremendous. Should be fabulous. And I get to talk to uh, former New York Giant great, Super Bowl champion. So I'm looking forward to that. 800-919-3776. We go to Spring Valley and talk to James. Hello, James. Ty D. Butler. What's going on, my man? What's happening? Yo, what's good, man? What's good? I'm chilling. I'm here. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bigging up your Giants. I, I see good things on this season, uh, on the season's horizon. Of course, man. First off, big shout out to the company. Secondly, man, you, you know, 
I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm also very optimistic. I do. I'm not going to be one of those Giants fans that's going to be expectation. Oh my God, we're going to Super Bowl. No, we're not there yet. That's that. That's your Jets. Your Jets have Super Bowl expectations. But I, what I want to ask is, sticking with the Giants is, I I agree with you. I don't think the Giants are going to be a last place team. I think they are a last place team. Then you got serious serious problems because I don't think the command is going to be. That threat, I do think that Dallas and Eagles will probably win the division. But to me, you got to beat Dallas. Can you beat Dallas once? And to go into my question, between the Giants and the Jets, is it, is it fair to say that the Jets have more pressure living up to their expectations than the Giants? Because the Giants, we're kind of on the radar. We, 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 we chilling. While the Jets have all these expectations. I see everyone, all the Jets fans, including the company, all those Jets fans, they're boasting up, they're hype. But expectations, we know, with, with pressure, you know what happens when you when you, when you got pressure, a lot of expectations. Because like, cause, cause you see the Jets not living to more of the expectations, whereas the Giants, they don't even have a lot of expectations. Well, listen. They have expectations to just make the playoffs. So I think this is a fascinating question, and I appreciate the call, but only because uh, of – how we can accurately assign those expectations. Like, if you are of the mindset that the Giants, if they miss the playoffs, it's not all that big of a deal, then to me, you're wrong. So my accurate assessment of both of these teams are as follows. The Giants, I think it's a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. So I expect them to get there. I don't think they have to win a game. We'll see what happens you know, with the matchups. But just ahead of the season, I think they have to make the playoffs. So that's a disappointment. Whereas the Jets, I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust. I think we nixed that once we heard Rodgers on DPH on Rothenberg say that his window is you know, he's going to give us two to three years. Just because the Jets have invested so much into him, he would feel like uh, it's a disservice to him or to them and the organization if he allows this to be a one-and-done and assuming the magical thing doesn't happen and they go out there and they win a Super Bowl and you're one like Brady did with the Bucks back in 2020. But I think a realistic expectation for the Jets is they have to not just get to the playoffs, but they have to win at least one playoff game. They have to. And I understand it's a tough conference. Kansas City, they're the favorites. That's the team that right now should be everyone's pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I've seen too much of Mahomes and his greatness to disrespect them. Last year, he won a Super Bowl on one leg. And had a bunch of rookies taking snaps. That was supposed to be a rebuilding year for their offense. And yes, they have Kelsey... But name all the other guys they had on on offense. Sky Moore. I mean, after you trade Tyreek Hill and you see what became of their weapons, you didn't think that Mahomes on one leg could get to that level and beat an Eagles team that up until the third quarter of the Super Bowl was the best team in all of football? So I'm done picking against them. Mahomes has played zero road playoff games. Arrowhead has become the site of AFC Championship games. That is every single year. So the Chiefs, not picking against them. Cincinnati, you could say, was one play away from getting back to the Super Bowl last year and would have gone back-to-back. First time since Seattle had done that. So I think they're in that tier with the Chiefs. 
but then everyone else can be had, including Buffalo and Baltimore and Miami and the Chargers and Jacksonville. But you see, the list is pretty lengthy, which means, of course, it's not a, a, an easy task for the Jets. But I think that realistically, and with all of the hype surrounding this team, you get to the playoffs, you got to win one playoff game. And if you lose in the divisional round to Kansas City or to Cincinnati, hard for me to call that a failure. Would it be disappointing? Absolutely. Just because, you know, you don't know how long this window is. The window is open for as long as you get Hall of Fame level play from Rodgers. And with him aging, you just never know. So, of course, that would just be deflating. But I think that's a realistic expectation. And for the Giants, it's making the playoffs. So, to answer your question, you know, which team has a tougher path to achieving what the expectation should be? I got to say it's the Jets. Have to say it's the Jets. And you can make a case for both. The Giants arguably play in the best division in football, so they're only real path to making the playoffs is via the wild card and you get four division winners which means there would be two uh, wild cards up for grabs if you're saying that Dallas or Philly whoever doesn't win the NFC East will be in the playoffs so that leaves two wild card spots up for grabs and there are some teams now you're starting to see you know have stock bought into them like Chicago you know Justin Fields what he can do now that he has another weapon and DJ Moore and what you know I'm hearing love for the Packers now all of a sudden which is bizarre to me, but there you have it. Seattle, they're not going to win their division, but if they can be as good as they were last year, you'd have to believe they're going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. So the Giants do have competition, but I think their path getting there is easier just because you look at the AFC, and there are going to be a couple of good teams that just don't make it. Spikes and St. Pete. First and foremost, Spike, how's everything? How's the family? How you doing, buddy? Uh, in that order, well, um, uh, the family is here. We're back home now. Uh, my mother-in-law's back with us for five, six months. Just came back today. That's good. That's We're good. With her. Yeah, and my wife had a big birthday, so we've been celebrating. Oh, wow. Preparing. What birthday yeah, number, if you don't mind me asking? She's 18 years younger than me. Oh, okay. Now, well, yeah. God bless, man. She, That's awesome. She she turns sixty and she looks forty five. Anyway, God bless, uh, man. So, That's awesome. God yeah, bless. Yeah. Happy sixtieth. Yeah, that. Yeah, oh, it's great. And her best friend is down here. That's the reason we moved down here. Since third grade in Catholic school, they've been best friends, and uh, she moved. That's why we moved here, and we had the opportunity and all that. But thanks for asking. That's kind of you, and thanks for the. Uh, your discussion of me with a common friend the other day at some venture you guys were doing. Very oh, nice uh, Bill yeah. Daughtry. Yeah, I was hanging out with him yeah. doing shooting a spot for CUNY TV. Uh, yeah, and, we, and you came up in conversation, of I course, know. man. I, Bill's, I, I, Bill's a big he, fan he, of yours. He, he, he's got yeah. a lot of love for you, as, as, as do I, you know. I know that. I've known him forever, and we've always been good. So did you wish him a happy birthday? Oh, uh, yes, I did. Uh, he, he, he says, welcome to the 70s. I said, stay at the lower number. Anyway, I've been watching two things. Uh, uh, listen, uh, <laughs> the Yankees, when Severino and all those guys came up one year, now he's pitching good. Baseball's over. It really is, no matter what they do. But I've been watching the FIBA. You know how I am. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was kind of funny when, uh, what was, I don't get the wrong countries. The Turkish team did the Hoka. <laughs> I missed that I one. 
Oh, you gotta just go. It's H O K A. They do this. It's I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. It's some sort of dance and preparation to get stronger, I think. And they all go on the court. Just Google the Turkish team H O K A, and it, it lasts about forty five seconds. And and Brunson and some of the other dudes look at it like you know what some some ancient ritual. Well, they beat them. They're gonna they're gonna skate through this team. And I like the way they put the kids together. And otherwise, that's it. The Jets talk. Look. I've talked to Bill about it too. He, it, Rogers is one good pass rush away. I hope they do great because you know Buddha's a dear friend and you are and all the Jets people. I want it to happen, but it's a big want with an unex- inexperienced coach to make that quantum leap. I know they've gone for it all. They, all the chips are in the middle of the table now. So they can't have any slip-ups. And when Rogers went around the corner and sent that new turf, you saw he like stumbled yeah. a little bit. I said, "Oh my God!" So yeah. hey, listen, enjoy, enjoy it all. Whatever they win, they win, and uh, it'll be fun for you. But yeah, I'm looking forward to old. it. Baseball, yeah, baseball for all intents and purposes, and I got to hit a break here. I appreciate the, yeah, the call, ahead, Spike. Yeah. Uh, baseball for all intents and purposes, just as far as like the games actually mattering. Uh, is over, but we still will keep tabs on what's going on you know, around the locals with the Mets and the Yankees. And speaking of which, coming up, why the Yankees cannot sit Aaron Judge. And we'll get back to football at 11 o'clock. you got to talk about the Jets' defense, uh, you know, talk about them being overrated. But coming up, I'm going to tell you why the Yankees cannot sit Aaron Judge. And we'll do that next right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler going to midnight. 800-919-3776 on Twitter at Ty D. Butler and Instagram. So I'm watching the Yankees tonight and Aaron Judge goes yard for the ninth time in his last 18 games. And it got me to thinking about a conversation that in the moments, I guess, was warranted just given you know what's at stake, but it's this idea that the Yankees should shut Aaron Judge down because you want to guard against him re-aggravating that toe and it causing him to miss significant time and maybe it, you know, lingers into the offseason and going forward. This is an asset that you've now invested nine years into it in big-time money. So I get the conventional wisdom would be, yes, let's protect this asset. He's our best player. He's one of the best players, if not the best in all of baseball. So why have him go out there in games that are meaningless? But then you look at, oh, wait, so he's the team leader in home runs. He's the team leader in RBIs. And those numbers actually would be higher if not for him being the team leader in walks. Of course you play him. The Yankees right now have to keep you entertained. They're not going to give you a license to not watch games. As far as the ratings are concerned, he's their cash cow. You're tuning into Yankee baseball to watch Aaron Judge. Guess who's fourth in the American League in home runs? That would be Judge. And right now he's five off of of, of Luis uh, Robert Jr. of the White Sox, who's second. So he's got a legitimate chance to end the season, if he goes on a little bit of a tear, as he has been on, to end the season second in home runs behind Otani. If you're the Yankees and your doctors have told you he can't become even more compromised than what he already is, 
then you have to, as long as you're mathematically still alive for a playoff spot, play him. You're not selling to your fan base that you're giving up on the season. By benching your best player, you got to give them a reason to watch. So uh, Joe Leo, who, who does a great job producing the show, put in the notes, you know, what is a reason to continue watching the Yankees? Well, that would be one of them. Watching a guy who you would have loved to see for the entirety of the season challenge a record he set last year, watching him go out there and be apex-level Aaron Judge while nursing a significant toe injury. Another reason why you watch the Yankees is because you have to see if these young players who they just called up Pereira and Peraza are actually part of your future. Anthony Volpe, I mean, quietly is having a pretty good season, not indicated by his batting average, but he's done well for himself. And he's looking to become, I believe the number is just the 18th rookie in MLB history to have 20 home runs and 20 steals. So he's exciting. He, he's he's a... Uh, you know, uh, a, a dose of excitement for you because that's your shortstop of the future. This was a guy you were told could not be involved in any trade for any star because he was the real deal, a burgeoning superstar. So that's why you watch. And then there are rumors now Jason Dominguez can make his way to the big leagues because he's been, you know, cooking in the second half of the season in the minors. So these are the reasons why you continue to watch. Of course, they're done. But if you're the Yankees, I understand why if you're running a business and you're trying to continue to sell an attractive product, you're not benching your best player. Look, and if you're a fan, I recognize why that could rub you the wrong way. Because this guy, like, you see how important he is. And you can make the case that his value despite missing all those games, is on as big of a display as it was last year when he was healthy. Could you see what they became once he initially got hurt? They were 30-19 and before he went to the I.L. for the first time and then completely fell apart. Now, it doesn't help that since he's returned, they've still been bad. But there's no way they're going to sign up for, all right, the judge is done. Let's just continue to ride the youngsters. Now, if you want to do that with guys like Stanton, I get it. But Judge, there's no way. You disagree with me, Joe Leo. Let me hear your case. Why would you waste a season where we don't really know if he can re-injure this toe? He's not healthy. Every time he runs, you can see him limping on the toe. So that tells me, as and I'm not a doctor— but he's going to need some sort of procedure, whether major or minor, in the offseason to get this cleaned up. You're not going anywhere anyway. You're losing with him. Why risk potential further injury? Why? Look, the, the schedule's in the second half or September. You're not going to get that many fans in the seats with or without judge in the lineup. Well, they're hoping and see that's see that's where there is a fundamental disagreement. Like in your argument, they're saying that according to what they've been told by their medical staff, he cannot further injure himself. And as long as that is what they're I don't want basing any this off reason of, reason for t- for injury. I you know, he could and I granted he could, you know, knock on wood, pull his calf walking into the clubhouse tomorrow, but 
I don't want any chance of any injury. He is way too important to the future of this franchise than to go out. And, and I, I, I understand it could be tough for Judge to just sit there, but they're not making the playoffs. They're not. They're not going anywhere. So why risk a guy? And majority of the fan base thinks he's injury prone anyway. Yeah. No. Listen. It's why, it's a it's why a, waste it? It's a fair case, which is why I said if you're a fan, the pushback is legitimate. I understand it, but again, they're running a business, and you know we know that it's important to them, and it should be to get the ratings and to have fans continue to come to their ballparks because they have shareholders they have to answer to. And part of, you know, the equation is continue to get those eyeballs, whether via the TV or in the stands, at home games in Yankee Stadium. But wouldn't it also be an admission that this year was a failure? Like a true admission? They've said that already. It's been a disaster. Right, but th- it doesn't seem like anything's going to change. And no, I'm not saying but that's a different conversation. Is, is, is change, but it does at least give you a glimpse into the future to some of the players that could potentially be playing alongside Judge when you get this thing turned around. Yeah, but that's a different conversation. And by the way, uh, it's worth noting that earlier, uh, this report from Andy Martino of SNY surfaced, and it was that uh, there's only one way Boone will be fired. He he would have to uh, lose his job courtesy of how overruling Cashman and his baseball operations department. That is per Andy Martino of SNY. And it's something that Howe's never done before. And I would say if this does happen, it is the first sign that this ship is beginning to leak. Because Cashman has been given full autonomy. He's running this organization. He was the reason why, you go back to Girardi, Girardi got an extension. Then Girardi, after getting to Game 7 of the Championship Series, was let go. Who was behind that? Cashman. Cashman picked Boone. Boone's contract was up at the end of the 2021 season that saw the Yankees win zero playoff games. Whose decision was it to bring him back? That would be Cashman. Cashman's running this organization. And if Howe decides to go above his head to fire Aaron Boone, that shows you that the clock is ticking on the Cashman era here in in New York. Because this is like the first sign that he's losing power within this organization. The first sign. And I was listening to the, the K-Rock cast last night. And uh, it was interesting to hear from uh, Buster, uh, Buster Oney. He said the Yankees will be evaluating everything, including philosophy. They're evaluating everything. And to me, we know they can't remain status quo. This season was such a disaster that drastic changes have to take place. And if you bring Boone and Cashman back and you put out this Fugazi statement that you're overhauling your entire analytics analytics department, that's not doing anyone to appease. uh, That's not doing any favors. That's not doing anything to appease this fan base. They're not dumb. They're not stupid. You're overhauling an analytics department that still is going to be overseen by 
Who? Brian Cashman. Oh, yeah, that's the guy who has them in this mess to begin with. Yankee fans aren't dumb. So that's another reason to watch. You want to see the young players. You want to watch Judge, Volpe Pereira, you know, Peraza, you know, Cabrera, who, who was in there at third base tonight. Uh, maybe he's part of the equation going forward. Cole may be on his way to winning a Cy Young. I don't know how much that matters to Yankee fans, but it's still good to watch your best pitcher perform up to his contract. And you want to see if this thing continues to go left, if they are going to be forced, and they meaning the Steinbrenner family, forced to make wholesale changes. 800-919-3776. Coming up, what message did Dallas send to Dak Prescott by trading for Trey Lance? And should Kyle Shanahan be on the hot seat? We'll talk about that next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'm going to be honest. So this song right here, I wanted uh, Joe Leo to play. A Little Bit of Love by Brenda Russell. I was today years old when I learned that this was the sample that Big Pun used for Still Not a Player. Shout out to Rosenberg who threw that on his Instagram. For all the music fans out there, you know this song. That Big Pun. Still going crazy. I didn't realize it was sampled. So there you have it. 800-919-3776. It was really good to hear my guy Dave Rothenberg back on his morning show. Uh, this AM. Listen to him every day, 6 to 10. Uh, he's going to be back tomorrow. I believe Tannenbaum's joining the show. And Joe, I, look, I, you know Dave likes to take his shots at, at his producers, at his coworkers. You, you heard that the... The shots he was taking at me this morning? It's not what you want. I mean, I thought that was my, my, my big bro. I thought we were cool. And, you know, he's... It, it, the, what pains me is that it's unprovoked. It's not like I said anything about him. He just so happened to be listening to an hour of the show that I did with Grasso this past Friday. And he said, I was the worst of the two. Which is something that you shouldn't be saying about a friend. I don't appreciate that. He's Your a big thoughts. dude. A lot of stomach. You miss working with him on Saturday mornings? I do, but he, you did say this about him. He's a big dude. A lot of stomach. I mean, that's the, but that's like honesty. That's me being me. Is that honesty? That's that, candid. Yeah, he's big. He's You know, Dave's got a weight issue. There's nothing that, wrong with that. That's not what he said this morning. He said the, the pounds are flying off trying to get ready. Yeah, well, that's something he does every four years, and all the weight, he gains it back in like three weeks because he can't help himself. He's gluttonous. He, he can't stop with uh, stuff in his face. He's just someone who's unhealthy, unsat, and clearly not deserving of, of the woman he's with. Well, I mean— If we're keeping it a stack, if we're keeping it all the way 100. I can agree with the latter, and I do miss him even though he— doesn't know who I am at times. Yeah, that was that was embarrassing. You were just in front of your girl, and you, you were excited to see him, and he just had no idea who you were. That just shows you he's not that great of a dude. So my question is this. Who do you enjoy working with more? Is it doing the Saturdays with Grasso, or, or, or was it doing it with Dave? Be honest. I see what you're doing here. Don't hide, but don't don't hide now. No, I see what you're Let's doing. Let's be honest. Here. Let's lift the and, curtain. And Dave would do the same thing, asking me the same question. Let's lift the curtain. More enjoyable experience: Saturday mornings with Dan Grasso or with Dave Rothenberg. I would say 
probably Dave because what? it was my first show that I worked on. So probably working with Dave, even though I love Saturdays with, with Dan and now Saturdays with Gordon. Who you think's the better talent, Dave or Dan? Oh, I don't even think that's a question. Dave. Dave. Mm, he's taking shots at Dan. That's not nice. I don't think that's a shot. <sighs> Dave's been doing it more. He's been at it for longer. If Dan is at the position that Dave is at in a couple of, in in a few decades, I think he'll reach that point. If both were hanging off of a cliff and you could only save one, who would it be, Dan or Dave? Can I jump? No, you got to save one. Now Dave's a lot heavier, so it's gonna be tougher to grab him and and pick him up over the cliff. But if if you had to get the opportunity to to save one of them, who are you sparing? Probably Dan because he would also help me. Yeah, and he's Dave's lighter. Selfish. He would help me. Yeah, and and Dave is selfish. He's already old and gray. What's he? I mean, look, he's lived out his. What do you say? What is he living for? He's worn out as welcome. I think it may be time for him to go. To quote the great Michael K. 800-919-3776. Let's hit up the phone lines. We go to Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Ty, the same reason the Yankees are playing the uh, the, uh, judge is the same reason that Cohen should have not sold off his three best pitches, Robertson, Verlander, and Scherzer. Just keep the season interesting. Keep it going. That's all I wanted to see as a Met fan, and he just sold the team. Nah, I disagree with that, Richard. No, 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 no. He had to go out there and replenish the farm system. They were going nowhere. It's different. Judge is under contract for eight more years. He's your best player. That's not the same thing. My feeling. My personal feeling. This is I don't like it, Richard. I don't like your personal. F- I don't like okay. your personal feeling. Okay. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Would you say Vinny Testaverde is not in the same class as Aaron Rodgers? Oh, absolutely not. No. Okay. So let me interrupt. Let okay. me interrupt. In his first year, he brought the Jets to within one quarter of the Super Bowl. He did. Came from another team. Yep. If Aaron does that, will we throw a parade in New York for Aaron? Uh, if he wins a Super Bowl? No, no. If he gets us to within one quarter of the Super Bowl. And that's it? Like, if, if right, the right, tenure right. ends with that being... If he does what if Testaverde did. Yeah, no, that's not going to be celebrated. Okay, so that won't be... Okay. What about if Aaron does what Kerry Collins did in his second year with the Giants, go to the Super Bowl? Would he be... Would we throw a parade for Aaron Rodgers? You're asking if that's the highest accomplishment. No, no, I'm asking you: Would we throw a parade for okay, Aaron Richard, Rogers? Richard, if Aaron Rogers uh, Richard, us to the Richard, Super Bowl Richard, as- Richard, Richard, Richard. Your problem is sometimes like you like people talk to you, you're not listening, you're just screaming. So my question is: Are we saying at the end, like when Rogers is done with the Jets, the the, no, the no, highest I'm level? You this of, year. Oh, this year would we celebrate yeah. them going to the Super Bowl? Of course, we would celebrate that parade. Oh, so no. They throw a parade for him. no, not a parade. It would be celebrated. Okay. I don't, I, okay. You're not throwing okay. a parade Let for losing the Super question. Bowl. If Aaron Rodgers plays three years with the Jets, three years, and goes to the Super Bowl and loses all three years in a row, as Y.A. Tittle did when he came from San Francisco to the New York Giants, would we throw a parade? No. For Aaron Rodgers? No. If he goes to the Super Bowl three years in a row and loses throwing, all three. No, you're not throwing a parade. I, I think it would be celebrated to an extent. And you would have to see how you're losing in the Super Bowl. Like, is it him? Is he losing those games? 
Are you getting there in spite of him? You have to see how it plays out. But And I appreciate the call, Richard. If, if he goes to three straight Super Bowls, I'm up against the clock. My bad. Uh, but if he goes to three straight Super Bowls, of course you celebrate that. You're not throwing a parade. But I can't sit here and be the Jet fan who's watched this team miss the playoffs 12 straight years, who has never seen them appear in a Super Bowl because it happened back in 69, and say, oh, I'm going to sneeze at them going to three straight. Of course that won't happen. Of course I'm not going to just dismiss that. You would celebrate it. You're not throwing a parade over that. But of course you'd celebrate it. 800-919-3776. Hour number two coming up next. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.